time for our personal finance spot. And joining me in the Auckland studio on a fortnightly basis is Mary Holm. Hello there. Hello, Jesse. Nice to see you. Thanks, you too. You're thinking about bonds, which I rudely said was not the sexiest topic no. that we've covered in this slot, but a very important topic because Boring, yeah. because we're mostly, well, because most of us will be connected to bonds in some way. Certainly yes. the economy is. Well, it, it, it certainly is, and most of us are invested in bonds, and they're not as boring as 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 the common feeling about it, you know. And in fact, I know that in some of the stock brokerage firms, some of the bond traders say they have just as exciting a time as the stock traders and that, you know, is counter to what most people would think. I'm, yeah, because yeah. because you think of bonds as being low yield, moving very, very slowly, yeah, predictable kind of even. Stolid and... And, you know, we talk about bonding with babies and we talk about my word is my bond and it all sounds very kind of safe yeah. and secure. And, in fact, they're not quite as as rock-solid an investment as you might think, and I'll explain that in a minute. I don't want to get people scared, but they ought to be aware that there are some dangers of investing in bonds. Most people in New Zealand, I would say, do have some investment in bonds, um, often via KiwiSaver, the vast majority of KiwiSaver funds going right from the low risk to the almost high risk, almost highest risk, will have some investments in bonds. And so, and, and quite a few people also directly invest in bonds. They're sometimes called debentures. They're sometimes called capital notes. Um, but I broadly call the whole lot bonds. And the basic idea is that you invest a fixed sum of money, maybe, say, $5,000, and you get interest payments on a regular basis and, and then at the end of the period it'll be, have a certain term, let's say five years, at the end of the period you get your money back. So they're very like a bank term deposit in that respect, but there are some important ways that they're different from a bank term deposit. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say for people who are in KiwiSaver and are wondering how much of that investment is in bonds, if they go onto the KiwiSaver Fund Finder, which I'm always talking about, on the sorted website, uh, if you just Google KiwiSaver Fund Finder up, it will come. And one of the things you can do there is check your current fund. There's a, a little thing on the left-hand side. Do the, Click that, and then you type in, start typing in the KiwiSaver Fund you're in, and up it will come, and then scroll down when you, up comes information about your particular fund. And if you scroll down a little bit, after a while it tells you what percentage of your money is in cash, which is basically like term deposits, mm-hmm. bonds, shares, property, and I think there's another category. And then you can see what you've got in bonds. But if you're in a um, defensive fund, which is the very lowest risk, you might not have any bonds. Some of them have some high-quality bonds. Some of them don't. They have only cash, basically. If you're in a conservative fund, which is the next level up, you're likely to have a lot of bonds. And if you're in a balanced fund, you're also, which is a middle-level one, you're also likely to have a lot of bonds. And then going up to the growth funds, which is somewhat riskier, again, most of them still hold some bonds. Mm-hmm. It's only really the very top riskiest funds, the aggressive funds, that typically won't. So most KiwiSaver funds have some bonds in them. Um, and because of what I want to talk about today, it's just as well to just have a feel for how many you've got in, yes, in, right. in your KiwiSaver. So uh, we got a letter, you and I, um, from 
George about this. So have you got that in front of you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I, have you explained to us exactly what a bond is, Mary? Well, as explain I say, what it does. It, but. Um, so it's a it's a way for a company or the government to borrow money. They're basically borrowing money from you. Mm-hmm. So there are government bonds, which are the safest of all, because they're not going to renege on repaying you, uh, certainly not in New Zealand anyway. And then there's, there's companies that borrow money, and you go from a, a rock-solid company that you're almost certain will pay you back through to some very dodgy companies. And we would include finance companies in, in that category, some of which have proven in recent times to be very dodgy. Were they a um, form of bonds, or those ones we had problems with a few years well, ago? You, yeah, they probably didn't call them bonds, but basically they're all bonds, debentures, all of those are really basically the same instrument where mm. you are lending money to the government or a company. There's also local government bonds, by the way. You've got central government bonds, and they're the lowest risk of all. And then you've got local government bonds, which are also very low risk. And then the corporate bonds. And basically, you're lending them some money and getting it back later on and getting some interest on it in the meantime. Yeah. Okay. So here's George, and he says, Hi, yes. Jesse and Mary. Nice of you to include me, uh, George. With the interest rates tending to go up, bonds are likely to come down in value. In the present environment, KiwiSaver investments in most conservative funds are risky since they invest in bonds. Even some defensive funds invest in bonds. So I am changing my KiwiSaver provider to defensive funds with only cash with so much uncertainty in the world. I'm also keeping away from shares. I don't want to lose money in the next five years since I'm near retirement. Is this a good strategy? I suppose I'm timing the market, says George. I suspect a little bit guiltily knowing Mary's <laughs> thoughts on <laughs> yes. trying to time the market. And Basically, George is absolutely right about this. When interest rates go up, bond values come down, and we'll talk about that in in the course of the next 10 minutes or so. Um, and so what he's saying, if he, if he, if that's worrying him, he is, it is a good idea to get move from a conservative KiwiSaver fund to the defensive ones, which, are, which have, you know, typically only cash in them or often only cash, and that's what he's thinking of doing. On his comment about timing the market, he's quite right, and George um, may have heard me saying, yes, don't try to time the market, um, which, which, of course, means pick... You know, this is a good time to be in or out of shares. This is a good time to be in or out of property. And now I'm saying this is a good time to be at least concerned about being in bonds. And look, he's right. Generally speaking, I would say don't time markets in, in, in that it's not a good idea to be moving your money in and out of different types of KiwiSaver funds or other investments based on your prediction of what's going to happen in the market because very often people get it wrong. But having said that, this is a bit of an unusual situation in that interest rates have come down and down over the last 10, probably 20 years, basically, from quite high levels. And they're, by historic standards, very low now. And so... um, and all the gurus are saying they can really only go up. How Mary. fast and how far? What have you taught know. me about listening to people's <laughs> predictions if only one thing can happen? Indeed. So, look, I'm not saying interest rates will go up. I'm saying that that, that looks more likely at the moment. In the same way that you could say Auckland property prices look worrying at the moment. You know, I mean, you, you know, you look around at the environment. So... Um, be aware that there's quite a strong possibility that interest rates might go up again. Just 
prepare yourself for that possibility. Should we say that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are two types of risks with investing in bonds, and um, I want to talk talk about what the risks are and then how to cope with them. The first one is the sort of obvious one, and that is that the bonds default, and that means that that the um, company or government that issues them doesn't pay you interest and or at the end doesn't pay you your money back. Mm. And um, the way to be aware of that risk, this doesn't apply so much to KiwiSaver because I would say that within KiwiSaver, the providers are probably going to be in pretty high-quality bonds that don't have a lot of default risk, generally speaking. Um, and they're diversified. They would hold a lot of different bonds. So if one out of 10 or 20 that they're investing in did happen to default, mm. it wouldn't be a huge problem. But for for people who are out there in, investing directly in bonds, and quite a lot of people, for example, in, in their retirement or going through, they've got holding shares, younger people as well, wanted lower-risk investment, they might buy a corporate bond and... Um, to, t- to tell you how risky that is, you want to look at the credit rating on the on the bond. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a link on your website to um, the Reserve Bank has a pretty neat explanation of credit ratings, what they are and what they mean. For for those who want to quickly look at it, if they do um, www.tinyurl.com, Forward slash credit NZ, that'll get them. Yeah, that'll get them. We've we'll got a link on our website yes, too, which is yes. an easier way. Of, yeah, that did you, did you write this document, Mary? I know Reserve Bank sometimes gets you to do the heavy lifting. Um, they, I didn't write this one. No, Jesse, mm-hmm. no, I didn't. But it is. It's a good explanation of credit ratings. Um, the, and if you want to just know what credit rating a particular bond has, there are various websites that tell you that, including interest.co.nz. They have a list of the bonds that are out there in the New Zealand market going from government right through, and they give you the credit ratings. Sometimes they say there's no rating. That means that it's it's a small company and or it's a dodgy company. That um, e- Either way, it hasn't got a rating because it they, they the company probably feels it isn't going to get a good rating. Mm. You know, they have to apply for a rating and pay for a rating. Who gives and out the ratings? The Standard and Poor's oh, yeah. and Moody's and Fitch are the three big ones. That's right, because in that movie, yeah. The Big Short, there was some suggestion that maybe they weren't the best people to be giving out the ratings. That's right. They were a little compromised. Yes, yeah. yes, I, I saw that movie. And look, it is true that they, especially in the global financial crisis, there were some um, companies that had quite strong credit ratings that still went belly up. So they're certainly not foolproof. Mm. What these companies, Standard and Poor's, et cetera, do is they go out and study the company very closely and come up with an assessment, the company or the local government or or whatever it Mm. is, or the country. You know, New Zealand's government bonds are are rated. They get a pretty high rating. Um, And they're not foolproof. They don't always get it right. But it's a, a far better assessment than you or I or any any ordinary person in the streets ever going to be able to mm-hmm. do so it's it's pretty good and if you want to get what what's called an investment grade bond which means it's pretty solid go for triple b or better 
So they, you know, it goes from AAA down to AA down to A down to uh, that's the S and P ratings. Mm. It, it's all explained on the Reserve Bank website. But you want to get triple B, which is better than double B or B. You go so B and double B are not investment grade. Yeah, and anything lower than that is not. And that uh, um, document you um, recommend to us also has like next to the triple B. It says an approximate probability of the default over the next five years is one in 30. That's quite yes. interesting. So if you want to really yes. kind of get an idea of what your risk is, that's quite good, isn't that's it? That's right. Mm. Yeah, yes. It's a good little document, that, on the Reserve Bank website for explaining it in ordinary language that people can understand here. Mm. Um, so that's one risk is the default risk, and, and credit ratings will, will tell you well, you know, give you a pretty good assessment of, of how likely that is. The other risk is that the value of the bond fluctuates. And um, the best way I was just thinking the other day to explain this is to is to say, imagine you've got a, a five-year bank term deposit, just an ordinary term deposit, and you've put your money in the bank, you put 1000 bucks in, let's say, at 4% for five years. And then interest rates go up after that. So currently you're getting 4%. And two or three years down the track, for a similar term deposit, you would have got 5 or 6%. But you're stuck in there for five years. Now, you're, if you wanted to get your money out and you could find a friend to instead give you, you know, take over the term yeah. deposit for you, they are not going to be very keen on it because mm. it's only paying 4%, and they can go and go into a bank and get 5 or 6% yep. down the track. So the value of that term deposit has actually fallen in, in a way. It's not – if it were, were for sale in the market, people wouldn't really want it very much. Mm. They're not likely to give you $1,000 for it. They're likely to give you – Maybe eight or nine hundred dollars because it's because it's because if they had a thousand dollars, they'd invest it somewhere else. That's get a right. Return, yeah, and get the and get the current higher rate, mm. and that's exactly what happens with with bonds. The bonds, in most cases, can be sold during the period. So if, if it's a five year bond, you can, if you decide you want your money out, unlike term deposits, which are quite difficult mm. to get out of, and you usually pay a penalty. But with most bonds. They're tradable on the stock exchange. You can just go to a share broker and say, I don't want this one anymore, I want to get my money out, mm. and they will sell it for you. Um, you can, of course, just keep it to, through to maturity regardless of what have happened. If interest rates in the meantime have gone up in the market, you can still keep it to maturity, and then you still get back your 1000 bucks or whatever you put in mm. originally. Um, but you've actually still lost value in a way when you do that because you've missed out on getting higher interest in the meantime because the market rates are higher, if you mm. see what I mean. Most New Zealanders, though, who do buy bonds directly do just hold them to mm. maturity. Not many of them actually get in and trade. It's only the more sophisticated ones that do. But And I suppose there'll um, be some sophisticated people running some of these KiwiSaver funds who will be doing this trying to maximise the value of the bonds they're in, getting That's in and out right. of them and jumping around. Yes, the, the, the fund managers, they do mm. buy and sell bonds. Within KiwiSaver, some of them will do it, trade much more frequently than others. It depends on the kind of philosophy of the, mm. of the fund managers. But um, in KiwiSaver, and this is an important point for people to get their heads around, they every KiwiSaver fund that holds bonds, even though they might not trade those bonds very often, they have to revalue the fund frequently. I'm, I don't know whether it's daily or weekly, but it's often. Mm. Um, 
to reflect the fact that the bonds they've got in that they're holding might have gone up or gone down in value depending on what's happened to interest rates in the meantime. And they have to do that because there are always some members taking money out. You know, they've, they've either got into retirement and they're mm-hmm. withdrawing money or they're taking money out for a first home or they're doing it because they got into financial trouble or, or illness. And so there's money coming out of that fund all the time. And so they the fund has to work out what the value of the bonds are at the time to give them the, a fair market value as they're taking their money out. If they didn't do that, there'd be a big mess. You've got to treat everybody fairly. Mm. They've got to value the whole portfolio of shares and bonds and property and everything Mm. on a regular basis so the people taking their money out are getting a fair value for it. And that's why um, the value of a KiwiSaver fund that holds bonds and maybe, maybe not much else but bonds will go up and down even though the, they might actually not be trading them very often. Do you see what I yeah. mean? It's, um, and, and basically the rule is if interest rates in the market are going up, the value of the bonds that have already been issued will be going down because mm. people don't like them anymore because they could have got they could get more with a new one. Yeah. Um, and, and the reverse, of course, happens. If interest rates go down, then the value of bonds go up. So right. there are times when it's fantastic to be in a bond fund. And in fact, in... There'll be periods within the last five years or so where interest rates have been falling, where the value of bond investments will have gone up, and people that will have happened in people's KiwiSaver funds without them necessarily knowing why. They've just seen their fund value grow quite nicely. Yeah. And but um, it is important for people to realise that they can get negative returns in a KiwiSaver fund that holds largely or only bonds, if interest rates out there in the market are rising, the value of the bonds in the fund is falling, and so they can get negative returns. And don't be too shocked by that. It's um, we've got. I think we've got another letter about yeah, can that. Can I just check, did you yes. have a, a sort of a outcome piece of advice for George? You were saying that he's, his thinking is right, were you? Yes, and, and I thought what I might do is get back to George okay. and this next letter from Natalie sort of at the end and address both of their, All right. their letter shares. So Natalie says, Hi Mary, I will be 65 in three weeks. Congratulations, Natalie. Yeah. My money is in a conservative KiwiSaver fund. I check it fairly regularly these days and for the last three months the balance has dropped each month as I will have the choice shortly of withdrawing my money and investing it elsewhere. I'd value your advice on should I go or should I stay? Thanks. <laughs> From Natalie. Should, she go or, should she go or yeah. should she stay? Um, and so she has noticed that thing that she's been watching closely um, and noticed that in the last three months... Too closely, dropped, probably. Yeah, well, look, there's a there's a great argument for doing what Warren Buffett, you know, the great share investor says, and that is buy your shares and put the certificate in the bottom drawer and don't look at it for five years. Um, there certainly can be too much watching too closely, and people get nervous because the value of their investments... Well, they're happy when it goes up, but they're not so happy mm. when it goes down. Now, Natalie, she is getting close to, and by now she probably has had a 65th because this came in a little while ago. Um, she, um, and, and by the way, we did read this whole a whole letter out bef- a couple of sessions ago from Natalie. This is just a sort of excerpt from it because I wanted mm. to illustrate this example of the fact that, that um, in a conservative fund the balance can go down. But she's um, saying she'll have the choice shortly of investing elsewhere. 
And I would say, yeah, sure, but she's got to take the money out of KiwiSaver and put it somewhere else. Where's she going to put it? It might not necessarily be in a better place. The key thing for both Natalie and George and anyone else really, is to think about when they're likely to be spending the money. It's the same old story. If they're going to be spending it within the next, you know, one or two years, Mm. maybe three years, it's not a bad idea to either move into a defensive KiwiSaver fund that holds only cash, which is what George is thinking of doing, or moving your money into into bank term deposits, which would be a very similar sort of investment. And and, and, um, Natalie would have that choice because she's, approaching 65 so she can get the money out and put it in term deposits or she could leave it where it is and put it in a her KiwiSaver provider will probably offer a defensive fund as well and she could move it to that if she chose which wouldn't be a bad idea um, but either way the uh, let me just think here lost my train of thought the um, defensive funds yeah yes if she if they're not planning to spend the money within say three years I wouldn't necessarily move it from where it is. Um, generally speaking, people say, you know, bond investments are okay for sort of three to ten years because usually the money will grow over a period of three years or longer. Over a short period, it can go down in any environment. And given that we're currently looking at, you know, quite a strong possibility that interest rates will rise. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Reserve Bank's been saying that too, you know, I mean, everyone's been saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, then th- there's a particular case. For, so if you're planning to spend the money soon, you might want to get out of a, a, a bond fund. Otherwise, I would probably um, stick with it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and your best advice about retiring is that you don't need it all when you're 65. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, hopefully not. Um, uh, hopefully you're not going to blow the lot on on the big round-the-world trip or something like that. Um, and uh, you, you, you're going to pace it through retirement. I mean, there's some nonsense said about about how New Zealanders should be forced to put their KiwiSaver money into into some kind of annuity or something where they get a certain amount per year because otherwise they're likely to blow it all in retirement. And, and I think that's an absolute insult to New Zealanders. If, if you've got other money, other retirement savings elsewhere, then you might take all your KiwiSaver money out and blow it. But you, you're not going, if, if this is your only retirement money, mm. people aren't that stupid. Yeah. Um, and Mary yeah. has some great advice about what to do when you turn 65 about moving your money around so that it's different money for different times of your life or in different places. But you can find that on her website, maryholm.com, and um, look up yes. our conversations on that. Um, a couple of random questions that have come in. Someone wants to know what yes. junk bonds are, Mary. Well, junk bonds are uh, low-quality bonds, bonds issued by a company where there is quite likely to be a default. Um, yeah, they, and that was a name that was developed in America. And the the thing about them is, of course, that they pay high interest. They, you know, regardless of any other what, of whatever else is happening in the interest rates in the market, the 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 interest rate that a bond pays is going to reflect its risk to some extent. Those companies, the junk companies, have to pay high interest or they wouldn't be able to get any money coming in. And so whenever you see a bond that's paying higher interest than the other bonds, it probably means it's riskier. Okay. And uh, someone just sent me an email. This is slightly off topic, but I think you can probably answer it quite quickly. Mary and Jesse, I purchased $600 worth of bonus bonds in 1991, and my balance is now $935. Hasn't changed since 2011. Should I cash them in and invest the money into something else? So in 1991, it was 600, mm-hmm. and now it's what? 2000. Well, 
935 but it hasn't changed in the last five years. These are bonus bonds, yes. post office bonus bonds. Yeah, that, that um, the fact it hasn't changed much in recent years will be reflecting the fact that interest rates have gone down. And while bonus bonds don't pay any interest, I don't think, do they? I think they just pay the bonuses, I yeah, think. Yeah, we didn't think so. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, the, they're was, not your favourite sort of investment, are they? No, they tend to not be. They tend to, uh, the average return on them is pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, if you feel lucky. Um, they're quite a fun thing to do with a little bit of money. But okay. Yeah, yeah. Great to have you in. Thanks, Mary. It's a pleasure, Jesse. Nice